1: Of Sacramento. Three on one. Bagley the step. Bagley with the dunk. And you can put it in the book and send them to the left. There it is. Buddy Hill alone at the top of the King's record book.
0: Oh, I like to see Fox Force 5 in the open
1: court. Fox into the lane. Oh, if you don't like that, you don't like Kings basketball. Oh. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast. My name is Brendan Nunez rich is not here today actually he's not feeling too hot and he happens to miss out on the 100th episode of the king's false podcast but we have a great guest coming on in his place who i like a little bit better than rich uh we got ryan ritter (laughs) from a royal pain how you doing ryan uh, I'm doing great, you
0: know, uh, big shoes to fill here, and i kind of
1: a milestone night, but uh, happy to be here, happy to talk a little <laughs> basketball. Yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on and taking the time, and uh, you know, let's let's just start with jumping into, we're going to recap the Brooklyn Nets game and the Wizards one, and let's start with just jumping into this Nets one. Um, obviously it was rough, we know about no Fox and Bagley, but there was no Bogdanovich, and there was also no Trevor Ariza in this game. I mean, that probably says most of the story, to be honest.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of a, it felt kind of like a balloon getting deflated. Um, Kings had kind of gotten to within uh, a game of 500. Um, I don't know how many of the, uh. Uh, King's Plus listeners follow Tim Maxwell. Honestly, <laughs> I was going to really say, good. he's
1: updating every 10 minutes.
0: <laughs> so you start looking at that, and you're like, okay, so you got uh, we're about a half game out of the eighth seed after starting off 0-5. Uh, we got a couple of uh, not easy games. There really aren't any ever any easy games when uh, uh, near when, when the Sacramento Kings, but they're <laughs> winnable against the Nets and the uh, Wizards. Uh, Ky- Kyrie's going to be out. Bogdanovic is kind of a up a career night against the Suns. You're starting to feel pretty good, and then Bogdanovic is out, and uh, the team just looks gassed uh, when three of your four best players aren't playing. Uh, it gets a little tough to win, uh, especially, uh, especially in the way the league is now. So it was a little it, – it was not surprising, but it was kind of a disappointing night.
1: Yeah, you mentioned the Nets missing some other guys as well, most notably Kyrie Irving and, um, oh man, uh, Karis LeVert. And yeah, yeah, I mean, missing missing those guys uh, for the Kings led to a little bit of a lack of depth, but... It did lead to some good opportunity for the rookie Justin James. This was his first real game of playing time. He had some nice stretches of like five minutes in different games at times, but 33 minutes in this game, um, I, I thought that he was it was needed. It wasn't necessarily wanted at all times, um, but I loved what I saw from Justin James. Pretty quickly into it, he had a crazy poster attempt on DeAndre Jordan, and. Uh, oh a man that does plenty of posters himself. Uh, what were some of your thoughts on, on the rookie?
0: Yeah. Uh, nice surprise. Um, we went six for 14. I'm looking at two for four from beyond the arc, which is a uh, nice thing to see. I was just happy, you know, again, you mentioned the uh, po- the poster attempts that didn't go in, but the uh, <laughs> even the, even the next crowd was uh, ready to erupt if that had gone in. And uh, it you like seeing that from a rookie who really hasn't gotten a lot of playing time. Kind of a, not like a controversial pick, but uh, I, I remember on draft night when Dustin James' uh, name got called at the wherever we ended up picking somewhere in the.
1: the middle was of the second round.
0: 40th, perfect. Uh, people are kind of going, "What was? <laughs> why are we drafting another shooting guard? Uh, what was the? You know, what's the? What's the plan here?" Uh, and to his credit, he jumped right in when his number was called, um, wasn't afraid to shoot. Um, again, he's still sort of a rough, unproven prospect, but, uh, I, I always appreciate seeing a guy like him in his position just jumping in and going for it. And to his credit, he did just that. And, um, 14 points. Eddie, H- yeah. uh, do you remember if he, do you remember if he's played another game, uh, for the actual Kings
1: yet he has I um yet. i i forget which game it was but he had a nice stretch of but like i said they were all about like five minute stretches max there was one where i remember specifically he played three minutes had a monster block almost made a yeah, three that's right uh mm-hmm. it was the phoenix game actually is what it was that's right
0: that's right <laughs> of course of course um i just appreciate his confidence um it's it, it, it was nice to see, um, especially for a team whose confidence level on a night to night basis can be kind of difficult to gauge. You're never, never sure which Kings team is going to show up this season. Uh, right. so it's nice to see someone just jump right in and, uh, not be afraid to put some points on the, on the board. <laughs>
1: Definitely, and to pick your brain a little bit, since uh, I don't think we've had Uh-oh. you on the show before. Speaking of a lack of confidence, I feel like that at this point is one of the main issues with Deadman. Like I was a huge advocate of bringing Deadman in, and I still have to believe that he's going to come around. I think that Bagley being next to him will make him a little bit more comfortable, um, is similar to a way that he was next to John Collins. But I mean, what do you what do you think is is going on with Deadman?
0: Uh, I think Marvin Bagley going out
1: pretty early in the season, like game one,
0: I think kind of threw off the game plan a little bit there. Um, As you had mentioned, uh, I think the point of signing him in the first place was to put him next to Bagley. And I think with the absence of Bagley in the lineup, uh, his role becomes a little less clear. I don't know if he's picking up on that. I don't know if it's just a, uh, Something else going on that we don't know about. I remember the first couple games, there were some plays where it looked like he legitimately forgot to play basketball. And uh, and this is a guy I was really excited for uh, signing. I think he was a pretty popular choice amongst the uh, uh, Kings fan base for us to sign. And uh, I think he's getting back into his game a little bit. I think the bench roll has kind of helped stabilize things a little bit for him. He's starting to shoot from the perimeter, which... Uh, is a weapon, is one of his weapons. I don't know if it's something, um, that we need him to do all the time, but I think he's kind of settling back into a different kind of role. Uh, so I, just, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure really what's going on with him. Um, I hope he figures it out soon because he can be valuable. And I think whenever Bagley comes back, that will help stabilize things a little bit for him. But, uh, At the moment, yeah, kind of a disappointing start to
1: the season. Yeah, you got to hope that it comes back around, you know, because it is hard to identify, like, what is really going on. Like you said, he seems to have just, like, forgotten how to play basketball at times. It's crazy. Unless he has, like, friends that are sitting somewhat front row that he keeps passing the ball to. I don't know what is going on. But 38% from three last year, 21% right now this year. Uh, Oof. I just don't see how that stays. You know, uh, like it has to come around.
0: You have around. to help the, you have to help A of averages uh kicks in with him. Twenty one percent for the whole season would be uh, obviously abysmal. There is sort of this running subplot over the last decade plus. Um, ever since um the Kings stopped making the postseason, of free agent guys to pick up to play a specific roles, that just kind of don't have a good year here and then move on and kind of go back into their games. Marco Bellinelli being a really recent example. Um He just hmm. forgot how to shoot for the, the year he was in a team's uniform and then went back on his way and he seemed to have found his game again. So I don't know if there's just something in the water. I don't know if there's something going on, uh circling in the air at Golden 1, but I, I'm, I'm <laughs> hopeful that then does not uh become the latest victim to, uh, uh, yeah. To that first, because he really when he when he plays well, he's a really valuable piece for us. There's, you know, we signed him for a reason, so I'm hoping he can find his way back.
1: Definitely, and you know, you've you followed the team longer than I have. I'm somewhat new to the area. Do you feel like that the guys they're bringing over that maybe they're asking them to do more than they what they were in their previous roles, or does it feel like it's the same thing with like you mentioned, like Bellinelli and now Deadman? that that they're asked to do the same thing and they're just not doing it as successfully
0: Uh, i think from what i can ascertain um and all i ever get are bits and pieces from you know news reports and bloggers and twitter and stuff like that i think sometimes it can be attributed to um uh, management not having as clear of a plan as they may think they do and i I, I can't just place that at Vladi. This has gone on since um, the old owners in the Leafs. Uh, it's been a long-running thing, and I don't know. I, I don't know if they're just not. If they're asking them to do more, as you say. I don't know if they sign them to do one thing and then ask them to do another. I don't know if it's just it's no communication about the rules. I don't know if it's just a matter of guys don't. They think they want to play for a small market. They think it sounds good when it's time to sign the contract and then when it's time to actually move to the area, it's not what they think it's going to be. Uh, and they dog it. I mean, again, I can't – I would feel – I feel uncomfortable assigning any of those things. That's all speculation. Right. But uh, I, I think it's a mix of a lot of those factors. Yeah. And I un- think having a, a more winning culture will help mitigate that, hopefully.
1: Definitely seems to be somewhat creating a little bit with this nice young core. And uh, my, my final notes on like the Brooklyn game, I think that uh, Brooklyn was out rebounding Sacramento ridiculously. Deandre Jordan was a big factor there. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 33 rebounds for the Kings, 48 for Brooklyn, 13 of those 48 for Brooklyn being offensive. Uh, Yeah. Five of those 13 coming from Deandre you're Jordan. Just
0: not, you're not going to win with the numbers like that. You just
1: aren't. Yeah. It was um, it was a rough rough one, and eighteen turnovers again from the Kings. But yeah, my my main takeaway this game was really, uh, I guess I thought Harry Giles uh, showed off some nice passing again. It was good to see that from him. But I, I it was nice yeah. to get a peek at Justin James.
0: Yeah, I think that's the main takeaway. And again, uh, when you when three of your four best players are out, you need your next couple guys to step up. Uh, Buddy Hield, I think went one for eight. Something like that. He just had another one of his weird bad shooting nights. And I think that the sense of game from the beginning, um, no just no one stepped up except for Justin James.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, another night, we'll move on to the Washington game. But he held struggled in this one, too, until, until it felt like the fourth. And he really just, I guess, hit a couple difficult ones like he tends to. Um, yes. He got to the line a lot more in this game, though.
0: Yeah, there was a stretch in the uh, second quarter. I think two back to back plays. He ended up going, he shot five free throws. It, he got fouled on a three, sunk him, sunk all three, and then the next line he forced them, next play rather, he um, forced himself to the line again. And it's nice to see, uh, when you see a lot of the top offensive players in the league right now, one of their main weapons is gain themselves to the line. And I, I don't have his free throw numbers in front of me, so I can't tell you what his current rate is, but if he can get that up in line with uh uh how often he shoots from the three, um I, I think he can write write this uh not bad season. Underwhelming I guess would be the word for him so far. He's still producing, but not at the rate that he's capable of. Right. So hopefully getting the yeah, getting to the line might help with that.
1: Yeah. He also sh- shot like some absurd numbers last year so part of me almost thinks it doesn't feel right to expect that but even the years sure. prior to that he was he was putting up some crazy numbers like it's funny to say that underperforming for buddy Healed is 41% from the field it, it does feel yeah. underwhelming for most people 37 from yeah. 3 though and almost 90 89% from the free throw line on yeah. a good, good amount of attempts like that's a that's a good uh, that's a good percentage that he's putting up, but it's not Buddy Heald numbers. It's 5% less from deep than last year. Um, And yeah, I've been critical saying that I think he needs to get to the free throw line a little bit more. Um, let him see that shot go in. And with no Fox and Bagley, I don't know who aside from Harrison Barnes and then obviously like the bigs like Rashawn Holmes are actually able to get to the line.
0: Uh, right. And ultimately in the system that the kings like to uh like to run offensively we need our shooting guards to get to the free throw line and shoot them and make them uh we know he can make them so let's see if he can get a little more aggressive and get to the line more um it'll just unlock one more little weapon to our arsenal
1: are you currently paying off student debt Interested in improving your financial literacy or looking for new ways to earn income in today's ever-changing digital landscape? Well, on the Talk Money with Mesh Lakani podcast, Mesh will follow paper trails, chat with experts, and break down complex ideas to bring clarity to the mystical financial phenomena. Each episode will be filled with compelling stories covering a broad range of subjects, from buying Bitcoin, dealing with student debt, and everything in between. Listen to Talk Money with Mesh Lakhani on Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and learn how to spend, invest, and earn for today's economy. And then, like I mentioned, Harrison Barnes as well. I thought in this Washington game, Harrison Barnes uh, was was the best player on the floor for the Sacramento Kings for a good amount of it there. And it felt like he went almost takeover mode in a way at times.
0: Yeah, Harrison Barnes has been... uh, the best team over the last two games. I want to throw a couple of numbers at you. Um, between the Nets game and the Wizards game, averaging 22 points, four and a half rebounds. And if my numbers are correct, it looks like 70% from the field. So it's seven for 12, uh, wow. against the Nets. seven for eight, uh, tonight, uh, He's, he's been and he's been scoring really efficiently. Uh again, eight shots, twenty six points. I mean, there you go. Uh he was he absolutely kept this in the game until Bogdanovic and Heel started hitting their threes. He's been he's been doing a lot of the uh dirty work and uh he deserves to be uh <laughs> deserves to be praised for uh, the work he's been doing this season in
1: particular. Right. I could not agree more and I, I mean I thought that this was Actually, a surprisingly good defensive game from the Kings. Only surprising because Washington was—I uh, don't know if this number was uh, accurate going into the night—but recently they were the number one, number two offense. Um, and yeah, they're
0: putting up like 130 points.
1: Yeah, it's been crazy, and they only had 106 tonight. Uh, like you said, I mean, this was the this is the for the man. I'm struggling with this, seventh time that they've scored over 120 on the year they've done that and only 106 tonight um it, it was right right yeah and i think that i was glad to not see Harry, um buddy healed guarding uh bradley beal for a little while there
0: uh yeah that's
1: walton's been Although, putting healed on some good guys
0: yeah and I, I don't remember who it might have been you it might have been rich it might have been someone else entirely um Someone had pointed out that he looks like Walton's been starting to put healed on uh, uh, really good guards early on to see if he can get him into the groove. And uh, I don't know, can you speak to whether you think that that's working out or not?
1: Yeah, I think that we've mentioned it a couple times on the show. Like, I realized it against uh, Devin Booker, and I think it was one of the Portland guards as well, which with there being two, he kind of has to cover one in a way. but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the theory I came down to was that Walton was trying to uh, show some faith in Buddy because there's been a lot of post-game and practice interviews with Walton where he's really talked up and said that he sees improvement in Buddy's defense or praising in a specific game. Um, and at the start of the year, I thought that I liked it a bit better, but it's really worn down for me. I, I, I get um, wanting him, obviously, to be... Impactful on that side, it would do a lot for Buddy's game, but I just have not seen it. And when you have a defender the level of Corey Joseph and De'Aaron Fox, whenever he's back, I feel like you need to use right. those.
0: Yeah, and I think once Fox is back in the lineup, I think that that approach might lessen greatly. So that that might this might be his way to mitigate that in the Walton. Uh, and again, the big narrative from the coaching staff so far, whether I think it's unspoken, but it's obvious when you watch the games, they'll kind of work on what the teams uh, don't do well, as opposed to what they do do well, which is run and transition and score. Uh, and to some degree, um, Walton's approach has paid off in that sense. Um, I think you mentioned that they played a pretty good defensive game. They've actually played pretty good defense overall in the month of November. Their defensive rating is something like uh, 12th or 13th or something in the league, um, which is really, really good and unusual for a team squad. So in that sense, focusing on the defensive end has been really helpful. But when it comes to trying to make Buddy feel the to, to go-to defender for some of the top shooting guards and point guards in the league, uh, I don't know that that's sustainable. If, if it was if ever a good thing to do in the first place.
1: Right. <laughs> and... So. You know, the defenses, I mean, the offenses that they've been playing during that stretch in November, too, have been no pushovers. You know, Utah's uh, been very effective on that end. Toronto, Atlanta is not a good defensive team, but their offense um, has it's always been higher echelon. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Por- Portland, L.A., Boston, um, we mentioned Washington. Phoenix is different mm-hmm. this year. Like, they're playing a they're lot, lot of good want teams this year. Yeah. And another guy yeah, that's been good I during see. that stretch—it um, started a little bit later into November—has obviously been Bogdan Bogdanovich. Like ever since De'Aaron Fox went down, we were saying for a while that it's like, okay, he seems to play better when he's not creative for himself um, after one or two dribbles off the catch, Max. But now it's like you want the ball in his hands, you want him to make plays. Oh,
0: absolutely. Um, I don't know where this uh, Bogdanovich. Coming from. Um, I really like it. Again, it's, it's that next man up mentality. Bagley, Fox out. He was not necessarily having a good game. Bogdanovich took over that Phoenix Suns game. Uh, several career highs. Um, yeah. And yeah, he was making plays. It was, it was great to see. Which, again, uh, is why him not playing that next game felt a little deflating. It felt like we were kind of pushing towards something really positive. And then another the injury came. So it was nice to see him play tonight, though, and um, kind of a slow first half. Um, picked it up in the second. Do you feel like he forces things a little bit in the first half and then tends to try to get himself going?
1: I definitely think he's guilty of forcing it at times. Um, I, I think it kind of happens all throughout the game, but when he heats up, you almost are okay with it in a way um, sure. because he gets away with it in ways. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, I don't know who else is going to create on this team. Like I thought Harrison Barnes did a good job tonight. Joseph is mm-hmm. interesting in a system, but he's not gonna like initiate it himself. He'll make the next right pass. Um so right. I almost understand at this point where there's been no fox as well.
0: Yeah. No fox catching to the makeup of the team. And again, to their credit, um they're finding ways to win without them. Uh, them being Fox and Bagley, so it's been nice to see they haven't they haven't put their head you know they haven't put their hands up in despair or hung their heads down like you've seen uh, many many years past. Um, they've used it to buckle down and go back to the basics, and it's been really successful and it's been really nice to see.
1: Right, and uh, you know, what do you think about when when Bagley does return? Which should not be in all too long. Here they're saying uh, that. He traveled with the team for the road trip, but will not play during that road trip. The first game back home is Saturday, November 30th against Denver. Um, Do you have something that you would prefer when he comes back in regards to him starting or coming off the bench and how that would change the starting lineup?
0: Unless something disastrous happens between
1: now and when he comes back, I don't know if there's a huge
0: rush to get him back into the starting lineup. Especially since the way the Kings have been playing and the way they've been winning does present an interesting dilemma into how to put him back into the starting lineup. Uh, I think you've made the case on the podcast and on uh, on a Royal Pain that uh, Bagley and Denver need to play together. Do I have that correct?
1: That is correct. Play? Yeah. yeah.
0: And I think there's a lot of logic to that, and
1: the logical
0: move to make, at least to me, since uh, Nemanja and Rashawn Holmes have been playing together and playing really well and complementing each other quite well. You have kind of an inside-outside game that creates a lot of good spacing and a lot of good scoring opportunities. Uh, work Bagley off the bench, put him in with Dedman, see if that's working, and. You know, it's not like a it's I, I don't know how happy he was about it last year, but a bench troll has proven to be sort of productive for Bagley. So I don't think it's gonna be a waste to try to work him back in. I don't know that there's a huge rush to try to get him back into the starting lineup this soon as possible. So work him uh work him off the bench, put him in with Edmund, see if anything yields there. And if so, great, you can start making some uh starting lineup decisions. But as of right now I think you play with what's working and you go with what's working.
1: I would definitely agree, especially because I think the two of the three best players from the Kings, I said this before, have been Bialita and Holmes. Uh, and yeah, a lot of people, you know, just want to plug Bagley into that four and keep Holmes at the five since he's been just amazing for this team. But I I don't quite see the spacing with that lineup. Uh, I, struggle, I struggle to get there.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't know that putting them next to each other necessarily is fruitful to the way the Kings have been winning.
1: The Kings Pulse podcast is recorded and hosted on Anchor. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and it is 100% free. It gives you everything you need to record, edit all of it so it sounds smooth and professional, and upload it all from your phone and or your computer. They distribute your podcast to every major platform. They give you an opportunity to make some money in the process as well. Download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started Looking ahead to the next two games of the road trip, Well, just at Boston, really. Um, Sacramento just won a thriller against the Celtics in a ball that I really thought was going in. Um, it was good. <laughs> It, it did, and the entire, like, slow-mo and the Celtics bench player reactions, it was just, it was a great <laughs> video. Um, but there's not going to be Kemba Walker, who, by the way, that injury, I don't know if you saw this, looked terrifying from, like, what he was doing after, like, just not moving at all. Um, and now they're just calling it a neck strain and saying that he's only doubtful for the game tomorrow. He's not going to play... I'm very confident in saying that. But he wasn't even like officially listed as out. Just doubtful. Um, so that's a very good sign for that injury. Um, yeah. He won't be there for Boston, but just glad that Kemba's all right. Um, and Kemba didn't have much of an impact in the first game in Sacramento either. Corey Joseph did a great job of defending him. Held Kemba to uh, 15 points, which still is a nice little dent, but it's Kemba Walker.
0: Oh yeah, he's capable of going off for thirty or forty. Uh, you know, Kemba's killed us in the past when he played for Charlotte. Um there was a pretty infamous game. Uh a couple of years ago when it looked like uh uh the DeMarcus Cousins Razon Rondo came you know, they were kinda of making a push for the eighth seed and uh Kemba killed us. <laughs> and yeah, so it was I nice to that, see that he was down to fifteen. Yeah, yeah, he's really mm-hmm. good at that. So uh, again, um, I remain hopeful it's a it's 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 a back to back. so there's no, there's concerns there. We didn't get a quality win tonight, so hopefully there's some good full momentum. Uh but so I think Boston's is gonna come ready to play. I don't think that they've forgotten how close they can be to us the first time. Uh I think they're gonna want to uh get one back on us. So I, I, they need to stay focused. They need to come with that defensive intensity that held them to under hundred points. Uh, a couple, uh, a couple of games ago, uh, it's, it's Kemba, Kemba being out notwithstanding. I think that uh, they needs to be really careful not to let him not being there allow them to slack off.
1: Definitely, you know the Celtics have have other threats for sure. Um, and after winning ten in a row, they're only three of their last four. They had a, a pretty rough r- uh, West Coast road trip, including coming to Sacramento. Um, and, you know, they do say that your first game home can be a rough one for teams. So uh, Boston also has had uh, not the greatest first halves. So they tend to come on in the third quarter, which might be a trigger for some Kings fans. I was going to say that not uh, <laughs> mean anything good necessarily. But, you know, if, this, if the Kings could come out and punch Celtics in the mouth in the first half, I, I think that would be their chance in this game. And I don't know how much you can hope Buddy Heal drops 35 against Barker Smart again. Uh, correct. I think Barker Smart is uh, has not forgotten
0: about that yet. So uh, I think there's going to be uh, – I suspect there'll be a, a push on Boston's end to take Buddy out of the game early. And if he allows himself to get taken out of the game early, uh, it, it can be unclear what could happen next. So I hope they come out strong, uh, play their game, uh, make their open shots, uh, I think there's a lot of positive signs as to why they could win this game. I sort of feel like they might, but there's a lot of things to be careful of here.
1: Definitely. If you had to take a guess on the rest of this road trip, what do you do? You feel like they win either of these games in Boston and then in Philadelphia two days later? Ooh.
0: If I had, to, I think the uh, the the common. Uh, feeling about this road trip has been two and two uh and they're one and one right now uh, i still feel like they can pull out two and two um I, I i feel i feel more comfortable about boston than i do philadelphia i feel like that is a tough matchup for the kings uh and i, I they haven't Played them yet this year, so I don't know if um, we know exactly how they're going to prepare for the Kings or how the Kings are going to prepare for them. We do have an idea of how they're going to approach Boston. It it was one bounce away from not working, but it ended up working. uh, And um, I feel more comfortable about that Boston game. I think I have a better idea of what to expect. I don't know what to expect from that Philadelphia game.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough. And Boston does it with their offense. Sacramento's defense, like you mentioned, has been impressive. Uh, the Philadelphia defense is pretty much just terrifying. I don't know how else to say it. Yes. Um, <laughs> so
0: they they could come out and stomp us early. Uh, is my is my fear.
1: Yeah, I, you know, something tells me Justin James is going to have difficulty against that team.
0: I don't know that he's going to score 14 points uh, against Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, that's that's probably a fair bet. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, do you have any other uh sort of notes or trends that you feel like you've you've uh realized throughout this season now that we are we're a good little bit in here actually. We're 14 games in. 15 actually uh, after tonight. My
0: only real note, and I and I wrote about this on the on the site a couple of days ago. Um and it's something that I've like I've, I keep thinking about. Again, their confidence level as a as a team is kind of hard to gauge. Um they got off to a really strange 0-5 start that we sort of attribute to the India trip now. I'm not entirely certain that is the only factor in play there. Uh, and they looked really dejected. Uh, the, the team looked like they didn't care. And uh I don't think they liked getting food on their home floor, even though, um, it was well deserved. And then after a couple of key injuries, um, they they had... I, I, I presume they were going to just fall apart and the field were going to come off this music, and they didn't. They took this opportunity to uh, take the adversity and turn it into something really positive. Uh, so I don't know where the team goes from that. I don't know. Uh, I, it, it's a very good thing. It's nice to see, but it also leaves me with a feeling of not knowing what to expect from day to day. I I hope that the defensive intensity sticks. It seems like if uh, they really buy in for the rest of the season. It's something that's really sustainable. Uh, but I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what could happen next to make them lose that intensity. Uh, that's just kind of a trend I've been keeping my eye on throughout the season. Is uh, which team is going to show up? Uh, are they going to keep up with the uh, next man up mentality, or uh, could something that we have no idea about uh, kind of keep them going back to that the disastrous? first week mentality.
1: Right. Is that the premise of, I I know, I think you just put out an article today, right? I didn't get a chance to get to it yet, but was that the premise of that article?
0: Yeah. Uh, it, it focused more on uh, their response since the NFL has gone out and comparing it to teams of the past where once one thing went wrong, a lot of positive energy just kind of went right out the door and it, the team just kind of coast to a stop. Uh, and this has been different. They've, they've used this opportunity. Okay, if we have our best players out, we got to step up and do something. That's a new thing for uh, Kingsland over the last 10 years. So the article focuses more on that. But at, since I've written it a, a day or two ago, uh, I realized it's kind of a next step of how much longer can they, can, can they keep up. Her-
1: yeah, cuz like you said, I mean, at this point it almost is like you want to trust that this is how they're going to continue going throughout this year, but at the same time it almost doesn't make much sense with the talent uh that they're that is on this roster or missing from this roster really um and the Yeah, and the um adapting that they have had to do since then. But I think that's all I got for you, Ryan. I definitely want to ask you what is with the Garfield's Thanksgiving?
0: <laughs> uh, it is uh, kind of an inside joke. I don't know. If it's, 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 there's not much to it. Um, uh, basically, I have, a, I have a running thing. I have a couple of friends uh, who like to send me uh, Garfield pictures and some stuff. So I've learned to just kind of jump in and embrace it. Uh it's Thanksgiving. Feels like the, a nice way to lean into uh there's some running joke that I have with my friends. And so I put up a big picture of uh, uh Garfield Thanksgiving Day balloon as my uh Twitter avatar then there you go not much more to it than, not much more to it than that just a silly thing that makes a couple of friends smile and
1: confuse everyone else there you go yeah you got it you got it in the name on twitter you got the profile picture you got the <laughs> header it's everywhere going all garfield yeah uh,
0: i suppose at some point i should uh, uh grow up a little bit but uh, nah, uh maybe nah. after holidays. Okay.
1: <laughs> <Nah. laughs> where's the fun in that but yeah, yeah. exactly anybody listening that's at the real Ritter r-i-t-t-e-r i'm saying that last name right that's correct okay making sure um you and you can find ryan's work and myself as well on aroyalpain.com you do great work there ryan i'm excited to be part of the team there um any other notes that you feel like you got man anything else you want to get in here uh no that's
0: about it you uh Twitter handle in there. Uh, you mentioned the site. Um, I'd like to congratulate you on your uh, great work on the site so far. I thought like you've got a pretty good team going. But yeah, a royal pain. Everyone check it out.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, the team is growing and uh, I like the the people that we got in there. I think they do a good amount of digging and thank you to everybody that's uh, been listening to the Kings Pulse podcast. It's the 100th episode. Um, if you have uh some some memories from the first hundred episodes or anything we'd love to hear it from you on uh you can reach us on twitter at kings underscore pulse but thank you to everybody for listening to this episode if you're listening rich hope you feel better man and hopefully he will be uh ready for the next episode here but thank you to everybody for listening you will hear from us again in the next couple days